In this week's update, bullish evidence continues to build, salivating at the opportunities simply everywhere and gold moving into position. My name's Gary Davis. As always, this is general advice only. And please remember to like and subscribe to the video. Right, let's start with the market perspective and just looking at it from a purely technical view, which I think is by far the most important way to look at the market. Uh, there are just too many examples now where demand is clearly outstripping the supply of stock. There's just there's no question about it. There's no debating it. It just you've just got to look at the charts to come to that conclusion. And it comes after we've had a major fall through 2022 for most parts of the market. We've now had a period of consolidation and sideways, and now we're returning to uptrend. And that really is, you know, it's the classical setup, the classical transition from uh, a bear market back to a cyclical bull market. So that's the big question still for everybody at an index level. Is it a bull market or is it a bear market? Uh, for me now, there's just too much evidence. It's a classical bottoming pattern. Yeah, sure, I'm worried about the recession, but I also have been uh, you know, beaten into submission over the years, if you like, that logic counts far less than what money flows are actually doing. It's far from universal. Um, there's, you know, this is not across the board. Um, you know, that may come come later, um, but it's enough from my perspective. It's, it's enough to um, to conclude that the balance of probabilities have moved quite dramatically in favour of uh, of the bullish side. And as I said before, if it wasn't for the recession, the fears about recession, then I think this market would be, you know, going a lot harder than it is. That's, that's sort of what's holding it back. And and there is something else holding it back, which I'll get to in just a minute. Um, there's, you know, what the indices are doing, bull market, bear market, it's really an unknowable answer at this stage. We only know looking back after three months of moving into a new phase. But really, who cares? Because hardly anyone is trading the index. So to me, this is simply about understand your plan, understand what you want your portfolio to look like. I, I just don't subscribe, and I've been saying this for 10 years, I don't subscribe to the manage risk by diversifying your portfolio across all sectors. I think that's just a completely rubbish strategy. Just get targeted and focus on what's working and just do that. So get a sense of what you want your portfolio to look like. Um, I think long-term core positions should be absolutely fine if you've chosen them well, and they're in, particularly if they're in megatrend areas of, um, of the economy. Um, the risk around trading positions, if, you, if you're doing some shorter term um, stuff with that, then the risk can be defined. You know what your entry is, you, you can define your stop loss before you get in there and you can size your position accordingly. And then if you want to jazz up your, your portfolio, then you can throw in some, um, some small amounts of more speculative stocks that can, that can really give you some sensational uh, returns over time. So that's the, um, that's the overall perspective on the, on the market. Uh, let me, <clears throat> so let me just show you a couple of examples. And there are just literally dozens and dozens that I've got in America that, uh, that look like this. And this is, uh, it doesn't matter what the stock is. This isn't a recommendation. It's just the pattern. Um, we've, we've had a long decline, as you can see, through 2022. We've now, we're now into a sideways move which is quite clear. And now we've broken out of the sideways move. And if you look from the October lows, just look at the number of green candles, particularly in the last, um, let's say from here, from this low on 
at the end of December, um, just look at the number of green candles that are closing on their highs compared to the number of red candles. And it's just, it's quite overwhelming. And so what that tells you is that most trading days, there are more buyers than sellers. You know, that's, that's what a green candle tells you. There's more buyers than sellers and they're closing on the highs. And there's not a lot of long, um, not a lot of long wicks on the top of these candles. Most of them are closing on the highs of the day. So this is, you know, this is classic, classic stuff when, um, when the buyers are just outstripping the sellers. The sellers are probably done. That was all done through 2022. And now the buyers would appear to be back in control. And it's, um, and it's in many, many places. Now, if you don't trade in America, you might be tempted to switch off and think, well, okay, that has nothing to do with me. But I can tell you the American market and what it's doing on a sector-by-sector -sector basis um, does influence the rest of the world. So many, many examples such as this. Now, what is holding the indices back? I think if, the, if it wasn't for the Amazons and the Googles and those sort of stocks, the indices would be unequivocally uh, back in, um, in uptrend. Um, so, you know, we've had some pretty punishing treatment just in the last few days since earnings season uh, started for, uh, for these stocks. And at the same time, we're seeing small cap valuations um, at historical lows. So it's, it's a market that I, th I think we, we might see a very different market to what we saw in 2019 and 2021, which was led by these tech giants. And I think we might be seeing a market where the opportunity for the smaller stocks is, uh, is coming to the fore. Uh, if you look at Google, Google's been hit very hard in the last uh, two or three trading sessions on, on big, big volumes. So these stocks are holding the, um, are holding the indices back. But then again, there's also other stocks. The energy sector did fantastically well in 2022, and so did some stocks like Hershey. Again, I'm, this is not a recommendation. It's just an example of something that is. This is 2022, where the green bar starts and finishes. You'd have to say, when you look at this stock, what bear market? Didn't affect that stock at all. And that's the point I've been you know, hammering for months now, that don't worry about what the indices are doing. Don't worry about what the overall market is doing. Just get clear about what you need to do, go with where the money is going, and uh, you're gonna get a much better outcome. Okay, so looking at the American market, the S&P uh, was down by 1.1% uh, for the week. And actually, just before I go on um, with that, I've, I've, as I said, I've, I'm all over a lot of opportunities in both America and in Australia. And if you wanna be a part of that, and it's, I think we're, we're just entering a very exciting phase, then um, there's a, a trial, portfolio analyst trial that you can do. It's two weeks for $1. You've got full access to the site, and um, I think you'll see some, um, some very enticing opportunities over the next uh, couple of months. And, and also, just on the index side of things, I've, I've had an email or two over the last few weeks about my shift from, from bearish to bullish, because if you go back to the start of January, I, I was you know, definitely seeing signs that I didn't particularly like. Um, but anyone that's watched me for any little period of time knows that I'm totally driven by the money flows. It's, it's what the money is doing rather than what logic dictates that it should do. And I think you're a fool if you stick with a fixed position in the face of such compelling evidence to the contrary. So I'd really urge everybody to, um, you know, to, to rethink their, um, their position on the market.
So back to America, the S&P down 1.1% for the week um, with just so many stocks breaking out of bases. The Nasdaq was down 2.1%. Um, so, you know, that that on on the very short term is is not encouraging. But if you look at the bigger picture, I think the Nasdaq is um, is looking in much better shape. The US dollar index uh, bounced a little bit to 103.5. The 10-year yield was up sharply, though, and that certainly is impacting on the big tech stocks. So up from 3.5 to 3.74. Uh, the VIX also moved higher, which is interesting. And the 10-year, two-year spread has, um, has also increased uh, again. So let's go and look at some more charts. Sorry, here we go. Right, got it finally. All right, so let's start. Let's start with the S and P. And to my mind, there's no there's no question that the character has changed. I alluded to this last week, but we've certainly had um, you know we've certainly had another week. Not so much at the index level because the index was actually down, but uh, more and more stocks breaking out of those bases. So the point that I made last week was that the balance between buyers and sellers is what creates ranges. Here we had an uptrend, here we had a downtrend, and then going back here is when we started a sideways move. And often if you're only looking at the last few months, you miss this sort of thing. So big sideways consolidation, and we're now getting higher highs and higher lows, and we're now back into an uptrending channel. So the index is yet to definitively break out of this big base, but certainly many, many stocks are. So sellers had been overwhelming the buyers at each successive lower peak. So the market would run up and the sellers would come in and overwhelm. Market would run up, overwhelm. It's just continued all the way through until just recently. And now something different has changed. If we look at the NASDAQ, same sort of thing, quite clear. We've broken out of this base now. In fact, this, this is probably even a bit clearer than, than the S&P. Broken out of the base, retraced, tested the breakout, and a um, bit of an indecisive day on, uh, on Friday. So that one is looking, uh, is looking better. If we go to the, to the individual um, sector spreads, that's uh, not the one I want. Um, there's the small caps, so we've we've remained nothing startling in small caps yet. We've just remained in a in a balance uh, between this is between growth and value, uh, so they're sort of pretty much still in balance. But if we look at um, if we look at the 1,000 um, growth versus value, we've certainly improved in the last few weeks. Um, this is the large cap growth versus um, versus value on a on a bigger picture weekly chart, and there's no question that um, that this is is making a, a much better run. Um, the Nasdaq versus the S and P pulling back a little bit last week with the Nasdaq being down more, but still a pretty strong uptrend since the start of the year. And this is just I think one of the the two steps back. And the last one I want to look at is semiconductors versus the S&P. So we've had a little uh, little peak over the, the top here. We're just encountering a little bit of resistance. But certainly I'm seeing a very, uh, a very large number of very positive charts in the semiconductor space. And, um, and I've got you know, quite, a, quite a decent watch list for semiconductors, both, both in America, but also um, there's, um, there's some possibilities, more speculative admittedly, but some possibilities in Australia as well.
So that's the that's the stock side of things. Let's look at um, at the currencies. So the U.S. dollar had got down to this um, to this lower support level at uh, at just over 100, 101. We're now coming back to what had been support is now um, is now proving some short term resistance. This is a weekly chart of uh, of the dollar. So we're at a pretty key area here. If this if the dollar punches through and, and pushes back up here, then that's certainly going to delay things for um, for gold in particular. But um, this is a resistance area now. So the next week or two in this zone between 104 and 100 and a half is a pretty critical zone because not only does it impact commodity prices, but it definitely impacts um, stock prices as well. And if we look at um, the Australian dollar, it's um, it's pretty much reflecting. There's not really great a great divergence there with uh, with what's happening in the U.S. So turning now to Australian stocks, uh, 68.5 is where we finished. Our market was down 1.7. Um, and there's not a big divergence be between the sectors, as um, as we'll see. So let's go to um, let's go to the ASX 200. So you can see we're up near this quadruple top. Didn't quite make it. Rolled over on Thursday and Friday. Um, but if you look at the look at the the major sectors, so materials, which had done really well, got up to a double top, all time highs. Um, it was down a bit on Friday, but nothing terribly dramatic, and the, the volumes were declining throughout the week. Energy has remained um, has remained pretty strong throughout, um, but also finances have come up in the last few weeks, and also healthcare. Uh, a lot of that was about CSL, which had a, a really big move, but um, you know we're seeing some pretty uniform buying around the Australian market. And battery materials, of course, remain uh, remain very buoyant. Um, some terrific opportunities in uh, in that space. Precious metals, uh, gold was uh, was steady at eighteen sixty seven, uh, with our dollar um, our dollar slightly uh, slightly lower, I think, on the week. Um, that uh, translated to twenty seven twenty five in Australian dollars. So, as we'll see in a minute, this is the correction that I've been looking for, and it may not have finished yet. But if we look at the, um, you know, the opportunities within the gold stock sector, um, I think the Australian market offers probably more than anywhere else around the world. Um, the Australian gold stocks, I think, do offer a terrific opportunity. But you know, you've just you've got to have a plan. Um, you've got to have targets, and you've got to know approximately where where you're going to get into those stocks. And and I don't see this yet as a market where every gold stock is just going to fire off. I just don't think that's going to happen, if at all, this time, or maybe not for some time. So I would really avoid take, just taking tips in isolation because you've, you've, just, you've got to have a plan around a plan of attack around gold stocks. You, you can't just walk in and buy anything and, and hope to do well. That sort of approach only works in the hottest of hot markets for, uh, for gold, and we're certainly not in that. So if we look at gold, this is the uh, the weekly gold chart. So effectively no change. So tremendous run up from the low 1600s, got up um, to the mid 1900s. 
we've had one week down, so one one week of indecision, one sharp week down, and then another week of indecision. So this is a pretty pivotal point here. If we look at it on the dailies, just a lot of small range candles. Not really much happened last week in, in the gold space. Turning to commodities, um, copper was down a little bit. Um, again, this is really just currency related, so was nickel. Uh, crude oil was bounced very sharply, um, back up almost to 80. And if you look at battery materials, um, they're, you know, they're obviously doing very well and everyone knows who they are, but don't forget some of the lesser lights. Tin, vanadium, manganese, platinum and palladium. These are all um, sectors that are in uh, good long-term uptrend that are facing critical supply and demand um, imbalances that, that favour the, um, the demand side. Um, so, you know, don't lose sight of opportunities in, in those areas either. There's the copper chart. Not much change and neither with nickel. So wrapping it up, it's always hard to pull the trigger. When you've come out of a bear market, everyone's a bit shell-shocked. Um, you know, you just, you, you really want to see some positive action. You want to feel more comfortable with the market. But it's, you know, it's a long-term truism that the best time to be buying things, the most profitable time to be buying things is when it feels the hardest. When, when, you know, when there's enough evidence there to, to suggest that the odds are in your favour, but it just feels really uncomfortable. And that's the, that's the period we're in right now. It's just, you know, with recession, um, which is highly likely, um, coming, uh, it just feels really, really hard to pull the trigger in a big way at the moment. But um, I think the price action to me, as I'm reading it, is, is quite compelling. I think it's time to follow the money. I really do. The market breadth is improving quite rapidly. Um, so I, I just think it's, a, it's potentially a, a great opportunity. But you've got to do it with a plan. You know, if, if you've got a plan for both long-term and short-term holdings, you're defining your risk on your short-term holdings, then, you know, to my mind, if you've thought it out well in advance, you can't get yourself into too much trouble. And, you know, I cover this all the time in Portfolio Analyst. Um, it's not only about analysing stocks, it's about strategy, it's about positioning. Um, you know, last week we looked at why, why money flows trump the logic, and that's really what we're seeing at the moment. The, the logic says... The market should go down, but the money flows are saying something very different. Also, last week I covered uh, my watch list. This is for copper. This is something that I'm working my way through, th through about six or seven of the different um, critical battery material areas. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's just all part of the plan of getting organized. So once again, if you've not tried Portfolio Analyst as a $1 trial for two weeks, you've got access to everything for that period. And I think you would um, you would get a great deal of benefit from that. There's my um, website and uh, my email address if anyone wants to contact me. And I'll be back with you next Sunday. Cheers.